Joe Broughton is a phenomenal fiddle player, multi-instrumentalist, driving force and a quarter of the excellent urban folk quartet, half of the awesome Dempsey Broughton acoustic duo and also teacher, leader and inspiration behind the folk ensemble at Birmingham Conservatoire, where he tames around 80 young people in their various instruments in an amazing musical outburst. His music has led him all over the world, in and out of many cultures where music is the universal language. I had an absolutely brilliant chat with Joe just before Christmas, which he kindly hosted, and we zoomed in to travel through the ether and journey with him a while. When I say chat, I actually just turned up, pressed play, and then he shot off like a rocket. So I jumped on, held tight, and enjoyed whizzing around the world the wrong way, breaking the language barrier, sound barrier, and any barrier that stops any kind of artistic engagement. Joe Broughton is a rare spirit with a great sense of theatre and showmanship throughout anything he does. Talking to him was like being greeted by a trailblazing fireball of talent, enthusiasm, and passion for what he does. So fasten your rocking chair seatbelt, hold on to your hats and travel with us to the heights and depths of creative expression. Welcome, Joe Broughton, um, to the In the Rocking Chair session. Um, you are now um, on my kitchen table. <laughs> um, not really, but <laughs> floating about there in space. Um, it's brilliant to have you here today and thank you very much for um, setting up and linking up with us, which has um, been fantastic. Just for a fun thing to start with, um, it's called In the Rocking Chair because I asked for a rocking chair for my 18th birthday. And um, But it's actually one of my favourite chairs to just chill in. So just as a fun thing, I'm asking everybody, do they have a real or imaginary favourite place? Um, chair to chill and what would it be yes uh the, i have i've definitely got one yeah it's a uh it's a chair outside of a bar uh in uh las canteras beach oh. <laughs> in las palmas um and oh, yeah. uh it's a place where i sit you know usually preferably with a large gin and tonic um looking out over the beach generally watching my wife and daughter play in the sand under the sunsets so uh, yeah. if i can say that that's great uh, unfortunately that's quite a contrast to the chair which i spend most of my time in which is the one that i'm sitting in here <laughs> at, my, at my at my desk yes i actually i tell you i tell you a really boring thing no uh i had for years terrible sort of you know back trouble and uh all the rest of it and i've been i've had a couple of operations on my back and i always have to be really you know careful about what i do and it's really tricky mm -hmm. with traveling and gigging and mm -hmm. and it's uh you know that's all uh, really tricky and uh, uh it's always difficult to get the medications right and all the rest of it mm -hmm. and uh just in lockdown i realized that uh, my, my chair that i sit in at my desk was a 12 quid chair from ikea from about 20 years ago and it yeah. was pointed out to me that probably wasn't a good idea so i bought a new office chair and now fine cured so it's postural <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one you're in there so can you get that designed in sort of bar stool form possibly <laughs> and just get or, or have a mobile traveling one with you when when yeah. we get back indeed to 
travelling and touring, I take it. Um, oh, this I, don't has think, been... I don't think I'm going to bother. It's nice staying oh. at home. Uh, well, it is, but we miss... <laughs> It's not nice for us here because <laughs> we miss seeing you and um, having you arrive here. And, and you've been travelling to this neck of the woods in Malden for uh, many years since. That's very I true. Think, I think 2012 is what I make it. But who knows? I have so many bits of paper on, on lots of things. But I know it was early days in us uh, doing um, gigs and performances. And um, so, you know, you're you're an, an annual event. And... Um, so we would like you to to be able to do that again if you can, please. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, we're just all going to have to come around your house, and that's, yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't know if that's possible, really. That's fine. You're all you're all very welcome. I mean, we don't have that many fans. Do you know what I mean? We probably fit in my house. Um, <laughs> that is no, I... really not true because I know, I know, um, you've played to over thirty thousand people um, on more than one occasion in various festivals and things with, um, of course, the Urban Folk Quartet. We have we kept the true the truly most frightening one we ever did was the um, when we we played at Orteira Festival in Spain. I don't, someone told me it's like ninety thousand people. I know it, it's colossally big, and we played at three thirty in the morning um, to that many uh, sort of drunk Spanish people. It was fantastic, slightly frightening, but uh, but it was really good. But we had we played that gig, but then this on the same day we were we played in Germany. Um, just across the way from the Bex factory, um, <laughs> which they pointed out to me when I asked, they said that I wanted a vice beer, which Bex don't make. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so we played this gig 3.30 till quarter to five in the morning. Uh, and then we just came off stage and got in a car and drove to the airport and went off to, to Germany, arrived in time for the sound check there and played there. The films from that gig in Germany are just absolutely hilarious because... Uh, it just, just like you can tell that we've been up for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't the occasion when you played in four different countries in the one day or something, was there? Wasn't there another crazy yeah, we, story from the early times? Yeah, well, there's yeah, well, there's quite a few of those. You know, we actually, yeah. I mean, we we I think that that's to do with the the. It was actually the first four gigs we did with Urban Folk Quartet were all in different yeah. countries. I don't know. Yeah. It was you know that which which made it really an exciting start. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we did, uh, sometimes it just feels like you're up on the same day because I went round the world the wrong way once. <laughs> How? <laughs> well, I t well, I was gigging in with, uh, Kevin Dempsey in, uh, oh. I think we were in Chicago and yeah. we drove back to Cincinnati. So we, we did the gig. We drove back to Cincinnati after the show, which is a few hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we went to uh, Cincinnati Airport to be there three hours early. Mm -hmm. And then we did the flight from Cincinnati to London. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, which is, well, how long does that take? About seven uh, hours or no something. Idea. I can't yeah. remember. So yeah. eight hours, whatever. And then um, I got a, uh, a the coach. I think we got the coach. I'm trying to remember now from Birmingham, from London mm -hmm. to Birmingham. And then I picked up some clean clothes, and then I had to get the train from Birmingham to Chester mm -hmm. to meet up with my brother Ben, who because we had the next gig, and then we drove from there <laughs> to Manchester Airport, and then we flew from Manchester Airport to Frankfurt, and then we flew, and then we got on the the thirteen hour flight from Frankfurt to Hong Kong. Uh, and then when we got to Hong Kong, this is all in one stretch. I mean, there's no night to see this or whatever. And then we arrived in Hong Kong and they said, right, first thing we're doing is we're going on a boat trip. <laughs> no. We got a boat trip because we got to go and do a radio interview thing, which was hilarious. So I mean, I've been up for days. And uh, so 
we got on this boat <laughs> got on this boat trip and went to this radio interview and we arrived and all I remember is arriving at this uh, this uh, anyway so but the point is you can we, we around there like where you know where did you start your journey just chatting and I said well Chicago and they were like oh right it's not so just you know just get the flight from Chicago you know for Hong Kong and I was like no I actually went via England and they were they were like you know you can go the other way around the world quicker <laughs> just to do you know I went the wrong way around the world to get this is <laughs> this is ridiculous Trains so we had planes. that I know and we had and we and we actually and then they were doing a radio the person on before us was uh. would just happened to be this well it was Hong Kong Folk Festival mm-hmm. and they happened to be interviewing this guy about language this Welsh guy whose oh, name I can't remember and they were asking him about language. Yeah. And they were talking all about language on this radio interview. And he was saying, his point, he was saying, some things that you think aren't swear words are actually much more offensive than words that are. We should be really careful with our language. And when you say, oh, truth, it really means God's truth. And yeah. that's actually really offensive and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And as the interviewers do, me and my brother, if you bet my big yes. brother, he's quite outrageous. Yes. But we, uh, <laughs> so we go on to this interview. You know, I've been up for days. We get in there. And the first thing they say is, so what do you think about that and use of bad, as bad language? And Ben just says, well, I think that's bollocks. <laughs> uh, so, and um, this, this was the, <laughs> this was the opening. Anyway, when we'd arrived, the other thing I remember about this is when we'd arrived, um, they gave us, people we were staying with, really, they gave us this thing called an octopus card. Uh-huh. It was great. It was just an octopus card. Yeah. And, uh, I thought this was a brilliant thing, and it's got like, which is basically like an oyster card. Uh-huh. So, and you use it on the transport, whatever. But the difference being is that you put like a pound on it, and it lasts you for like ten years. Yeah. So, but anyway, but it's an, an you know octopus card. Anyway, they've been explaining this to us, and they're giving it to us. But I've yeah. been up for days, and it's all a bit hazy. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, "What are your first impressions of Hong Kong in this yeah. radio interview?" And I say, "Well, I think this octopus card thing is absolutely fantastic. But why didn't they call it the Octopass? Uh, it, it, it sh- you know, it should be the, yeah, the Octopass." Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we're doing this. We're supposed to be talking about music. People start ringing into the radio station, saying, "Yeah, why isn't it called an octopus? This is a really, <laughs> this is a really great idea." But roll on to about three months later, I'm just sat home. Letter comes through the door. This is yeah. before everyone just did everything by email. Yeah. Get a letter through the door from the uh, the the Hong Kong, you know, whatever it was, tourism mm. and travel board, some mm. minister, minister, mm-hmm. literally saying saying thank you for your proposal. To 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 change the octopus card into an octopus. We've had lots of good positive feedback, and a lot of people think it's a good idea. Um, we've given this full consideration. Unfortunately, um, uh, to be honest, we wish we'd thought of that in the first place. But it'd be too expensive to change it all now. Thanks for your suggestion. Best wishes. So they thought you were <laughs> deliberately using the media to um, promote yeah, I was, I, a new idea. I, 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 I was staggered. I had absolutely no idea what they, what, they, what, what they were talking about. So yeah, anyway, um, being what was well, the question? Well, there was a question. I was enjoying the stories, um, um, and um, you have an aptly named um, track, "The Language Barrier." Not that that really falls into that, but the use of language is something um, that is very important. And um, but perhaps um, not so much the words, but the intention behind the words, um, and how that comes across. Because um, certainly in theatre, um, that interpretation. Um, uh, on language is uh, what's really important. How how a phrase is said, um, and in what way, and whether it's menacing or whether it's friendly. So um, I'm sure. <laughs> but but that's amazing from um, what you just said. 
we we have lots of language barriers yeah. in the band as well. well. It's, it's, it's 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 right. It's 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 uh, it's really hilarious, but not the one you might think. Obviously, no. being Spanish, but uh, <laughs> but obviously her English isn't bad. Yeah, uh, I could just say that while she's not here. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> said, um, no, she can no, but, tell uh, that story. Yeah. <laughs> but we Do had, you, uh, just remember, Joe. Um, she's on second. You know, so yeah, whatever okay, you say, you're going to have to live with the consequence it. on it. Absolutely. <laughs> So the the but uh, but it's actually between Tom and Paloma. It's hilarious. It's a band joke because uh, Tom's our drummer, percussionist, yeah. and uh, Paloma uh, is uh, you know fiddle player and singer. Yeah, and Tom sings as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, but they just we we've banned them from talking to each other in the in the van that we travel in because mm. they you know it's an absolutely impossible. Then every time they talk to each other, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's kind of thing. And basically, it just comes from these two facts: Tom mumbles and Paloma doesn't listen. Ah. So, I mean, that's basically... So, when you get them together, it's absolutely hilarious. You have to repeat everything about 50,000 times, which is very frustrating. If you're me and Dan, who are usually sat in the middle of this, trying to translate and pass the messages back, we do. So, we've given up now. They're not allowed to talk to each other, which is, uh, which is uh, you know... Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, but it's fine. You know, who wants to talk to a drummer? Well, anyway? well uh, at least the music is the universal language between you all, which is somehow you manage to connect really brilliantly.
you you mentioned just previously um, your brother Ben Broughton and Kev Dempsey, both of yeah. which you play, you know, as well as UFQ in duos yeah. with. Um, I, I, do you and Ben still play? I mean, I know obviously you go back a long way, you and Ben. Absolutely, <laughs> we, don't, we haven't played, we haven't done a tour that for for many years now. It's something mm. that we always talk about doing. Um, mm. It's just really circumstance. Um, the thing about uh, the thing about gigging and playing is you can't just decide. Okay, I quite fancy doing a gig and go out and do a gig and expect people to turn up. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to get audiences out, as you know, from being a promoter of gigs. It's not easy to yeah. motivate people to get off their asses and go yeah. out and go yeah. to a gig anyway. Um, so you kind of you do need a bit of a you know a bit of a story to go with it, a bit of promotion, mm -hmm. a bit of you know if you're going to rehearse a whole show together, you can't really do that one gig because I mean you could work for weeks and then do one gig, which yeah. isn't uh, economically viable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want people to go, it's difficult to just go, well, because where do those people come from if they're not aware mm. that you're up and running and kind of gigging? Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's that's the thing, you know. Uh, ben has a very important job because he's, a, he's mm. a head of a department, uh, of a performing arts department mm -hmm. um, at university. So, I mean, it's not, you can't just take months off to go and tour. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's always that thing. So we, we, it is a, yeah, it's a fantasy sort of, uh, you know, thing is to get back out on the road and do a tour again. It's some of the most hilarious and enjoyable times I've ever had is playing with my brother. Uh, he is somewhat unpredictable, which means that it's, you know, never a dull moment. And I think right now that'd be great because I think th so many things are so sort of clinical and slightly saturated. Uh, not saturated what's the word um anyway sort of stayed uh you know people repeat things i think he'd be a breath of fresh air as long as you you're prepared to deal with anything that happens so that was all really good you know because he doesn't bend does, does great shows he doesn't say the same things and he doesn't play the same things so you have to have a certain amount of telepathy uh to know what's going on which i really like and i do really enjoy um so so i hope we will do that again you know yeah that improvisational um feel that that ability what you said you, the flexibility that you have to uh, respond really which is a, a great musician's thing really to respond to what's given but i know that comes out in your music anyway but um yes yeah, certainly i'm sure playing with ben you would have to have that ability or else you'd just be standing there dumbstruck yeah. Um, but it's, it's great, very it's, exciting, it's, it's very on the moment, and it's very open, you know, yeah. which is something about your music, whether you are in a duo or in a band, that um, we really appreciate. And it, and it is always a very enlivening and exciting experience um, just to, you know, listen to and also um, be in your company like that, because we don't really know what you're going to do or say in a moment either. It's perhaps a family tree. I don't know. <laughs> but it's nice. But it's nice to. I mean, I think though that. Um, I mean, the best shows. I mean, for me, it, you might be surprised, but the best shows for me are the ones that are you know seventy five percent. Um, you know, really well rehearsed and mm -hmm. and kind of slick and predictable and made to look spontaneous, but aren't. Yeah. And twenty five percent sort of in the moment inspiration that, that gives you a little bit of an edge and can take things in a different direction. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I think if you, because through that journey of things spontaneously happening, I think it's the ability to repeat them and them seem spontaneous is part of the skill mm -hmm. um, that you do. And also you can really hone things and get plenty of really good things into a show. I think with the shows where you'd really go off on one and they are, you know, 90% made up in the spur of the moment, 
uh, it's very difficult for them not to ramble and to be focused enough for the people who've paid money to see you. Yeah. Um, so I really, I was really, I was talking to Keith Donnelly. I don't know whether you know Keith Donnelly. I do. Fan- yeah. Yeah. It's just fantastic yeah. guy, but I, t- I talked to him many, many years ago and I was really surprised when he, he kind of said that his best shows were, were when nothing was spontaneous because because actually the reality of it is you always think it is obviously and it comes off like that but once you've been honing things one if the audience think it's 100% spontaneous and it's 100% not that can actually be a really fantastic show even though that might that might spoil the magic of it for me 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 saying that but i think that that there's a real side to that and it's like being great um actors and uh, and and all the rest of it, you know, and I like it. If people are surprised, if people come to a, a see see a show of mine a second time, and they see something that we did the night before that was totally spontaneous, and they can't believe it, I think that's kind of job done in a way. I'm not saying that it's all just made, you know, that, that it's more it's more sort of uh, you know vamping on various themes and things which you know are going to kind of work out. I mean, it's not scripted or anything. Do you know what I mean? But that those things can happen. But then it does tend to be. But it's also some of the gigs, like some of the gigs that uh, that I've done for you, um, like with Kev in the uh, mm. is it the, the sunny, what's it called Sunny, sunny Sailor. Sailor? Yeah, you see I, a lot a lot. A lot of that is spontaneous because it's quite that's quite a comfortable yeah. zone. I like that's why I love little gigs because yeah. you can kind of in the atmosphere yeah. of it you can get away with quite a lot and you can take the audience with you. Yeah. If you're doing a big stage and you're playing a thirty thousand people on a big festival thing, it's hard for that to come across because little yeah. aside of little things that happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and it also it has to go with the music. You know, yes. there's a lot of improvisation in the actual music in the set that I play with Kev. Yes, and I think that kind of goes along with a with just thinking creatively when you're on stage rather than um, rather than it being something that's completely kind of worked out. Because they're different parts of your brain. That's the interesting thing, is that you know, creating, composing, creating, improvising sort of uses one bit of your brain, but editing and sort of you know analyzing. Um, and you know, being specific, following a script, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is a different part. And you need the right balance in the music and the show for 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 one of them to really to really kind of work. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, like, imagine yourself, you know, your classical violin player playing a violin concerto, anything of which there is lots of creative input, but it's not necessarily. Uh, improvised um you know they're not they stop in between and start vamping with the audience and making things up and telling joe it's a kind of a bit of a weird combination and it'd be weird to do as a performer if you see if you see what i mean i know what you mean it's like coming from it from both different angles so you've got to have um uh, the structure and the technique has got to be there in order to fly free Mm. but that has to be there as a foundation but equally what you were saying when you play with kev at the sunny sailor um, it, it, that's more cabaret style, so you can have that. You can play off that energy very immediately in the room from the audience, and and you, I know, wholly command that and kind of encourage it. Um, and then you you just steer that where you want to. You have that power on stage to steer that where you want it to go. So so you you've got that two things going, you know, at the same time so, because you do have this very spontaneous and improvisational sort of feel to everything but actually you know you're completely in control of it you're just quick you're ahead of us in that sense so you, there's you a bit take of a line. There. it's brilliant there's a bit of a it's line brilliant. isn't there's a bit of a line i'm glad thank you nikki no it is, I'm glad it you is. Think so. it's but, always um, but, exciting 
it, it's a kind there's a there's a line isn't there? there has to be that little voice in your head which mm. is which kind of knows when to rein it in even if things when are going well yeah. yeah and i think if you if things go too far you can kind of lose an audience that yeah. can be that can be tricky yeah. so um but that whole thing yeah. about man you know kind of managing an, an audience yeah. um and playing and it being an actual you know a kind of show and something that entertains people or makes them feel something mm is that's my i mean that is that is if i had to say what my life's work is that would be it mm -hmm. i mean i love music and i love playing music and things but the old the whole being on stage and dealing with audiences fascinates me you are you are known as your with your, your showman qualities and as a performer and that you know that yeah there's lots of aspects to you in fact you know i, I wrote how many strings are there to your bone that sounds really contrived because of your good, violin good player pun, Mickey. Good pun, I like it. but you know there is because you know i started right you know multi-instrumentalist violin mandolin guitar i discovered piano today i never knew you played the piano Mm, I we'll do. I do a bit. Take yeah, that one I, out I, of the <laughs> and drums. Actually, I, and drums was your first, wasn't it? Your yeah, first? was the first thing that I played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when I was when I was um, when I was younger, I was just obsessed with kind of learning things, and mm. I was very fortunate to be encouraged massively by my parents and to mm. be given the given the. Um, well, first of all, to be given a a love of music and other things and of learning things and art in 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 general. So, I mean, that's really great. I mean, I, I, I you know, the most important thing that happened to me in my whole of my music education and life in general is that mm -hmm. from a very young age, my dad would talk about music and mm -hmm. play things and say listen to this and put things on mm -hmm. and we sit and listen to it and it's even so when i was very young and i'd kind of listened to a couple of tracks and wanted to go and do something else he'd go no no but let's you know stay there you got to look what about this mm -hmm. um and that is amazing and i think uh, you know unfortunately a lot of people don't listen to music uh, they have music as a sort of just a kind of a background thing they don't really actually listen to it mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people don't know how to listen to music or how to be affected by it I mean, mm -hmm. where do you listen to music from? So something that I end up doing in workshops a lot is literally teaching people where to listen to music from and about the scale of emotion that you have inside of you and how yes. the like scales and you know the sound of music affects that and and um, uh, you know has has some influence and control over how you feel inside rather than it just be something that goes in your ears or yeah. over your head. Um, yeah. So that's a so actually getting that so that you have some have a, a response to music yeah. is that's one of the major problems is that people listen to music and they go oh that's it or they think that the thing that the the sort of you know whatever the trendy pop music of the day or you know the band with the girl or boy they fancy in is in is 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 good music and yeah. it isn't necessarily I'm not saying it doesn't have its place but it's very sad to me that we work a lot to lowest common denominators in music yeah. um, in order to do and it, it's just from a marketing and business point of view and it's not actually from a point of view of affecting people musically yeah so anyway so when i was so when i was really young i was first of all was kind of given that listened to lots of different music but also was just really into things and was mm. genuinely brought up to believe that i could learn absolutely everything so i wanted to play saucepans mm. and pots and pans and drums although i was pretty dreadful at the drums actually i didn't have a great sense of uh rhythm when i was little but i am talking about when i was sort of two and a half three yeah <laughs> um and we and and um, you know, then I wanted to, I saw Dave Swarbrick playing fiddle when mm. I was five, 1981 wow. and, uh, wanted to learn that. And of course that leads to mandolin. I never mm. learned to play the guitar ever. I, ne I, I don't remember ever picking the guitar up or play one of it. It's just that my dad was a guitar player and my big brother was a guitar player. Mm -hmm. 
and I uh, all I was told is that after we went to Cambridge Folk Festival one year when I was very young and uh, the great Borelli Legren, one of my heroes, the guitar player, was playing and I came back and started playing and imitating him and playing things on the guitar. Yeah. Very different to violin where I had kind of, you know, lessons. Yeah. But I also wanted to, you know, I saw people, I wanted to juggle. So, I mean, I learned yeah. to juggle and, and do various, circ worked in the circus. You, um, yeah, for about, for quite a while. For, for you, some years, yeah. yeah. But then, then and, 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 and I had, a, and I had again, I was really fortunate to have, I had an absolutely amazing English teacher at school who yeah. was massively into poetry and poetry writing mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. and i got so i really got into that and yeah. i have so i've got a little book of poem. i mean i'm in a couple of collections ah. of poetry of other people but from being but from when i was you know my very yeah. early teens yeah so i just look I, I basically i just loved all those things mm. and was genuinely brought up to believe that i could do anything yeah. uh I've, I've since found an awful lot of things that i can't do but anyway <laughs> but at that age it's that that's kind of crucial isn't it and the yeah. piano is a really interesting one because yeah. again um i i I I I was always told that you should learn to play piano and I was mm. always very affronted by that when I was younger because I was like well tell all the piano players they got to learn yeah. the violin yeah. I mean I, I, I didn't get that <laughs> but actually the piano being a really visual and chordal mm. instrument in terms mm. of how music fits together the piano actually is mm. a really good thing to work with and now I'm that annoying person to tell all my students they need some keyboard skills they need yeah. to be able to sit and at least yeah. you know and it's a, it was it's more about uh, Understanding chords and you know harmony, chord scale relationships, things yeah. which is really useful on the piano because it's yeah. very easy to kind of yeah. to and see them within your sorry your your arrangements that you do as well. That that really comes through uh, in the writing, in the compositional writing of of the. Uh, the music that you create you know it's it's i mean that's the only thing i study i mean composition mm -hmm. is a big thing because that's what i studied mm -hmm. when i went to i went to conservatoire in you're, uh, in you're so modest i believe you got an award the prize for composition in yeah in this, yeah but I, I'll, tell you, like so I'll you... tell you the truth about that yes <laughs> right i'll tell you the truth about that the, so in the yeah it was my second year i won composition prize but um the uh for one thing i think i won the prize because um the the my uh the head of department at the time is a phenomenal man called professor andrew downs um he's doesn't work there anymore but uh he was just absolutely brilliant um and i think he really liked all my sort of fiddle playing and all different things i think it was probably for a combination of things but the actual composition i did that year when i won the prize was uh it was the night before the portfolios were joint um kind of uh you know were in and i i didn't i needed another five minutes of music and I was like, I, don't, I haven't got, I haven't really cost, you know, just student like any other student leaving things to the last minute. Um, hope none of my students listen to this. Um, and I was just, and then the night before, uh, I was like, I've got to think, of, you know, I've got to think of something else to play. Right then, this is what I'll do. And I got a big score of paper. It had nine staves on it. So I was like, great, it's for nine players. That's it. That's decided it because that's how many lines there are. <laughs> and I just split it up into bars. And in all the bars, I just wrote words. And it didn't write any notes. I just wrote loads of words of all different emotions and things. And I just started off with everyone being really quiet. And then you'd get, and then there was a sort of slightly annoyed things would come in. And then it'd turn into a sort of, and then go and be, and, and sort of level out at the end. So it had that kind of shape to it. And that was it. And I put some fancy instructions on it. And I was like, right, that'll, that'll do. That'll, that's like, that's, that's arty, you know. Anyway, it came to you have to do a viva talking about this, you know, talking about your compositions and things there. And I was just saying, well, the thing is now people are getting so much detail into the notation and they put in so many dots and so much instruction into it. And what they miss, though, what a lot of composers miss is just the actual emotion and what's happening. It doesn't matter the instruments you do on it, but what is music? 
music, the, the kind of feeling of music and what you communicate and how you make people feel is not the icing on the cake. I mean, that is what music is and whatever genre or whatever you notes you use, you know, you could go as far as to say that was true of all art, in fact, couldn't you? I mean, you can, it doesn't matter whether you paint a picture, whether you turn a poem, whether you write. I think the whole point is you're yes. trying to express something yeah. to people. So yeah. I just took all the rest of it out and just left those bits of expression. Um, and, I and I said, that's, so that's all I'm having. And I could see the... <laughs> The people interviewing me, looking at me like, hmm, okay. And uh, and uh, I think it was uh, Dr. Mark Lockett, another phenomenal musician who taught at that time. He said, okay, if this was if this was anybody else, I think we we might think this was a bit of a, a bit of a blag, you know. But uh, but that's pretty convincing. So we'll uh, you know we'll give you that. And the and the only thing he said, which is a brilliant point, he said, why did you divide it into bars? I mean, why bars? Why why have that structure there if it wasn't that? So there's me thinking I was being clever at the last minute. Actually, came up with something that did seem to be quite valid. And actually, I should have gone further. It should have been even weirder, shall we say? That's what we that's what we should have but done. But that's brilliant because no idea is really you know it should be uh, lost. You know, every idea should be explored if it, if there's something that resonates in it you know and what you were saying essentially as you said was the heart of what art is is about and you've reminded me by saying that on uh, the track on off the beaten track is it the storm chasers where um off beaten tracks i have it here is it ah <laughs> So have okay. I, look. Yeah, I have it here. I, but I tell you so I had to go and borrow it off I had to go and borrow it off my oh, six year old daughter. Because I have had to go and Sabella's my daughter and she's she's the biggest yeah, UFQ oh, fan no. ever. Yeah. And I had to go and I had to go and borrow it off her because she's the only one who's got a copy. I actually, haven't got one. Just in case we needed it. I have got a copy actually, but it's actually on the C D at the moment because I've been listening to it. But in, in on that track, I think in the notes it says um, like music, the wind touches you and moves on you can't see it or hold on to it and what you're talking about that feeling that comes from that that is so important and presumably as a um artist you want that to impact as uh immediately as possible you know you only have this time you have the audience there and it, it, if there's a truth in it that resonates right away so um yeah it, that, that, it's the expressing it's, think... it to that point that it has that I... connection yeah, but I'll 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 tell you something, Nikki. I'll try and I'll try and sum it up briefly. But I think <laughs> something that is really unbelievably important that we are um, uh, kind of missing, absolutely missing today, is and that people that many people don't really, uh, I don't know, don't seem to quite realise, is that art. And I'll talk about music because that's my field. But yeah. I'm talking about all art, art really. But. Uh, Music is not a it is not a light-hearted fun thing that we do for distraction that when once we've done our proper work and our proper mm -hmm. existence as humans which is understanding science politics etc the world around us then mm -hmm. we have this nice distraction something to make us feel better to help us mm -hmm. bear it in music mm -hmm. that's simply not the case yeah. uh, music is far more important than that we have music does um, a colossal amount of things for people and <clears throat> being people that can uh, express ourselves that can communicate um and uh you know be artistic is essentially what a human being is that is what makes us a human being it is not something it's not an additional thing um so 
I mean, I think that um, understanding your own feelings and being in touch with them and being able to express those and be able to communicate with other human beings is essentially what we are and what makes us healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. um, understanding how to measure a certain angle in a hypotenuse triangle or draw a soil profile diagram is is a very nice hobby. I mean, that's lovely, and that could that's a nice, fun thing that you can do on the side. If you want to understand how light refracts through a whatever, that's love. That's a great uh -huh. fun. Do it in your own time. What we need to be teaching people is actually uh, how to exist in a balanced and happy, and I mean that in its truest, most literal sense, uh, in a happy way, um, so that you can have a fulfilled and meaningful life. Um, and it, having not understanding art and not understanding the point of it mm -hmm. is uh, is a gross mistake. And while our education systems constantly attack arts as being something that is light and something we do on the side, that is a complete misinterpretation mm -hmm. of it. And mm -hmm. that you can, for as long as you like, you can take those things out of uh, out of um, curriculums, for example. Mm -hmm. It's not just about school, but just to talk yeah. about education. So if yeah. you take all those things out, now you have to replace them with ways of dealing with mental health problems, mm -hmm. and you need to talk talk about those. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what a surprise. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. literally don't understand mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. ignorance in that and the way yeah. that people don't put those things yeah. together. Exactly. But it goes even further than that. There mm -hmm. would be, without music, there would be no human race yeah. And people, again, again, we, 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 there be anybody listening to this may raise their eyebrows, but it's mm -hmm. been proved time and time again yeah. in study after study. Um, so, for example, um, they, I mean, the, the point is that um, that we're starting out as human beings. <laughs> there are certain things that we needed to do, and it's now uh, thought that um, banging out rhythms together, singing songs together. Um, they are the things that help us to be, um, uh, uh, they're the things that make a group cohesive. So they, they allow us to work together and they create empathy in other in other people, in ourselves. Um, and that is how we work together. And when we work together, you can hunt, build shelter, um, you know, all these, these crucial things to actually exist in a human race. So they, they put in this theory to the test. Uh, I think it was Alberta University. They did some tests where they tested little small groups of small children. So they would take, you know, children that are still working very instinctually, three and four year olds, um, and they took one, two, you know, ident identical as they can be groups, and one for a year. They taught them songs, rhythms, everything together, and the other group they didn't. And at the end of the year, they gave them some tests. So, for example, one of the tests would be we get a tube with no ends to it and fill it full of marbles and hand it to a child. Now, in the group that had done the music exercises, um, when they when you hand it to the child, all the marbles fall on the floor and they instinctively, immediately all start scrabbling around, picking them up to put them back in and helping and working together. And in the other group, they just stand and look at them. They literally just stand and look at them like... 
there's no editing we don't work together um and there's 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 hundreds of these things um you know that that that, that really kind of prove the importance of it in our in our in our kind of human existence and that is apart from the fact that we we can we can list list i i i do uh one of the one of the lectures that i do i list 100 tangible things that music does for us as people and they're from everything they're from it's from everything from medical things to and there are thousands but from from things like uh how it can be used in helping to kick an addiction as in you know joe pass the great jazz guitarist who who uh who who played for ella fitzgerald and and lots of other things in his own right um i mean he was a heroin addict who replaced heroin with practicing the guitar i mean we have lots of lots of uses for it like that but the other thing is that we that we you know we solve brain damage there are certain times of brain damage where you know that thing where you hear music and you tap in your foot but you didn't hear the music and go oh i think i'll tap my foot and just start doing that it just happened because it happens subconsciously well that is because music can get to parts of your brain that you don't that doesn't need you to consciously make something move and make parts of your body move so they have ways of doing that as well you know it relieves they've proved that it relieves parkinson's systems they use it in ivf treatments they use it to, i mean I, I mean i lit, literally it's colossal and apart from the fact the depending on which figures you look at the five six seven eight nine ten billion pounds in that that we have in in the in the economy but yet we're still sorry i know i'm going off on one here now but I feel no 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 about so it, it's but, important it's important yeah and we, but we are still training people to do jobs that are sort of early 20th century. We're still training people as if we live in a purely industrial world and that those things are those things are important. We are making people unhappy and less employable and have a, a, a and, and causing great problems for ourselves in society um, by essentially bringing up people to have no uh, meaning, understanding, enjoyment um I, you know and uh, to me it's nonsense it's absolutely ridiculous well, of course and um you know as as you said within you know viewed as a soft option you know within education um and you know uh, the cuts to that then are first you know um uh, you know and that's across the arts in all disciplines you know um and why on that sense then why aren't we handing instruments um to children right away you know where they can explore within that world um that not everybody you had a wonderful experience of exposure to all the arts or you sought it through you know enjoyment you just have to engage with one of the arts and then you start looking at the others because they do all cross over it's different i always think it's a different palette you know you're different using a different medium in art to yeah. make the same make the painting and and sometimes you need yeah different tools different ways to express that um and i hate the fact they're all separate i mean going back they never used to be there used to be a lot more cross collaboration of the arts in that way which is equally important but yeah um, exactly but but we but just just like that last sort of thing on mm. that on that whole um subject is that we're constantly told that the reason we don't have a lot of music and art and those subjects in 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 our education system anymore mm. and i'm talking about a lot i'm mm -hmm. i'm talking mm -hmm. about why isn't it why why in a why are our education systems maths uh, english sciences at the top and d drama dance music and things at the bottom it's it's an absolute not as the great sir ken robinson said i mean there's not a, there's not an education system in the world that does it the other way up why not 
I mean, well, I mean, literally, why not? When you think about it, but the, but the, the well, the... I, I think they all have their equal place. Actually, I'd argue that because we'll go back on that. But anyway, yeah, it's just, that, it's just that I'm not. It's just, I mean, yes, they're the things absolutely should, yeah. they, they, they should be, they should be equal. It's just that that not, that not... hierarchy does exist. Yeah, and yeah, it's it not does. nobody, nobody does that. The five-year-old Joe Broughtons of today, particularly this year at the moment, you know, how, how do they, how are they going to get that? same connection you know not, uh, within their really. families if their families are musical but the ones that aren't you know that aren't that um yeah well that's um that needs addressing hugely doesn't it um and yep. I, I mean absolutely and uh because it, it is how that baton's kind of kept going and through the next generation mm. and we all have our inspirers our influences um and encouragers that was that's the other thing you know that needs encouragement which isn't often done so yeah within all it's, these a, it's, settings, a, it's a it's a totally systematic problem of not of not having the sort of value mm -hmm. that you need uh mm -hmm. you know it's like in 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 music so mm -hmm. i so i uh regularly in in workshops and yes, lectures and things that so. i do i ask one question to everybody mm -hmm. and that is uh, whatever it is whatever the subject is if i'm doing mm -hmm. music workshop things if i'm talking about teaching techniques i'm talking mm -hmm. about what whatever it whatever it is that i'm talking to people about i have the one question that I always ask and always address, and the question is, and this is for students, uh, for young people at school, mm -hmm. it's for teachers, head teachers, uh, for lecturers, everybody. And I say, have you ever felt um, like uh, this was the wrong career path, that you should have been doing something more serious and more worthwhile has ever anybody ever made you feel that you were taking a light or unsubstantial offer have your parents or your work colleagues ever looked at you or spoken to you like you should be doing something more serious because you just do this fun thing of music if you felt any of those things tell me and in 100 percent of cases 100% of people agree with that statement and say that they feel no value and that they are at the bottom of the heap in terms of what they're doing, what they're teaching and passing on, what they're studying, what they're... And I, I that is an incredible amount of uh, negativity that we have managed to do, particularly in this country. It's absolutely, it's absolutely tragic. tragic. Um, and, and I was going to say, is that, you know, you've travelled the world, be it in the wrong direction sometimes, um, <laughs> but... Uh, in that sense, what other, you know, are other countries not wholly like that? You know, why, why do we do that? Also, um, you know, uh, no, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, <laughs> I was going to say about sometimes repression, the perseverance, that sort of resilience comes through because I, I firmly believe if that's your calling or what you're meant to be doing, you find a way and, you know, great art is always born out of... Um, Great, but I don't want to even really say that <laughs> because um, there would, we, who knows what would be created or what opportunities there would be if if there was that same exposure, same opportunity I, I think for I, I, all just, but, all people. But people, just on that, even though you didn't children. say it, Nikki, just, yeah. even though you didn't say it, just just on that subject though, you see, I think there's I think there's quite a romantic uh, sort of view of the kind of like you know tortured artist mm. battling against the odds yeah. to do something great in the whatever. The 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 my experience of seeing people 
just all people and mm -hmm. my experience of seeing musicians and things is mm -hmm. that is this some people um like to have challenges and they triumph mm -hmm. with when, against uh, adversity mm -hmm. and for some people when they have difficult situation it crushes them and it mm -hmm. crushes their spirit and they're not able to carry on mm -hmm. for some people uh when they have absolute positivity freedom uh your wealth everything that they everything that they need they flourish and are creatively brilliant and for some that kills their spirit because they don't have to mm -hmm. they don't have they don't have to try people all people people are like that and therefore artists are like that and all mm -hmm. musicians are and you can find everyone but we do mm -hmm. tend to look at those slightly more kind of tragic uh, characters or, or people that can fight against adversity to do something great. Mm. It's definitely not the case for me. No. I found it my most, when things are most difficult, it really annoys me and it, that, that stifles my creati creativity because mm. I need the kind of the freedom and the headspace in order to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think, I just think it's, you know, it, it, all things, you know, for some people it's, you know, a bit of challenge is good and yeah. for some people things being easy is good and same, you know, same for musicians. Well, yeah, and but at at the moment and this year particularly, that um, although you know it was happening in a different way with you know venues being closed and cuts and um, the whole business of bringing music to people in a live performance was difficult anyway. But at the moment, that has p completely cut off, you know, and suddenly. So how i mean i know here we are all through having to learn technology in any means and ways and yet you know we all know it doesn't have the same connection so how are we going to um get out of this mess you know what's the, the thinking or um to quote another of the songs and the notes uh, la moro that's in i don't know if that's how you pronounce it mm -hmm. in two yep. parts um yep. that some things remain the same even uh in times of great change yep. so, so yeah discuss you know <laughs> that's about to, <laughs> yeah that's some uh, well well on on of, on know. the on the um you know uh that lamoro that that is the re that piece of lamoro is a place uh in france where we to we we uh kev dempsey and i we run a course every year which is absolutely mm. brilliant mm. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it, it's been a couple of different venues, but for the last something like 12 years or something, we've been at this this fantastic venue. Um, and that was about, it, it, it's really interesting. And one of the great uh, sort of joys of my job, I think, is about how you meet up with people and you can have connections over a long period of time. So there are people who've been doing that course for 16, 17 years. Um, and... Um, and it's a and and the people that you might not see the whole rest of the year, but you get together and talk about music and 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 catch up and and you know and I think it's really brilliant to have music or something like that to meet up over, which is absolutely you know which is really um, amazing. Um, so kind of things are it's always the same when you meet up and you and you and you do that. And but the place the actual courses run uh, was was run by Chris and Jenny Trotter, fantastic people, their wonderful daughter Alice. Um, and, um, they, they, it used to be in a different venue, but they stopped with, with the, um, 
fantastic uh, Martin and Danny Wyndham Reed, uh, but they they stopped running those those courses. So we were looking for another place, and I just emailed a load of places and say explaining what we did with the course, saying we need a new home for this course because there are people who want to carry on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I picked this place having never met them of Chris and Jenny Trotter because they're the only ones who responded back and just talked about music mm-hmm. and their enthusiasm and love for music. And that's not I mean, and that's just I inherently trust people that are that enthusiastic and love music for all the reasons that we've said not just because they have a common interest but because uh, because i think it's you know it shows a bit of uh, i don't know uh, human understanding or something yeah. i don't know i really think it does so um so anyway we went there and we were there for years but but tragically jenny died very suddenly like over the period of a couple of days from being perfectly well um, but we still go back there and we still have the course and it's and that was a piece really written for chris and for alice just to say you know things of things of great change you know that can be really tragic but there we are every year going back and meeting up and we're still kind of still kind of there do you know what i mean uh that is that is um you know so that's that's what kind of that's what that's about in terms of the uh in terms of the practical uh you know how we how we come back from these great changes at the moment um my personal feeling is that we shouldn't get too distracted by everything that's happened in um in 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 the the covid era um i'm imagining i think there'll be some quite full-on tours happening in you know november 2021 Mm. um and things will will slowly go back to normal after that but rather than focusing on that i think we need to take it as a wake-up call as to how absolutely unbelievably screwed the music business is and what life is like for musicians i mean you literally have no idea um you know how difficult it is and it, it it's all very well saying just do something else or just just kind of um you know play something else apart from the fact that's grossly disrespectful um and insulting mm. um you know we have for the reasons that we've said somebody has to make a battle and make a a, a, yeah. a, a case for people needing real mm. um uh, you know performances and different kinds of art in their lives and are we really just going to close that down yeah. um i really I, re- I object to that whole notion so mm-hmm. we should be celebrating the fact that there are musicians people willing to work for nothing most of the time in order to in order to kind of bring music and do that you know for people mm-hmm. yes there are musicians who want to just show what they can do and want to just mm-hmm. get up and show off and want to be a star um but i think you'll find that the vast majority majority of them are doing it because that they love music and they want to share that with you and for you to have a great experience and we should really turn around our you know our our our, under, our understanding of that yeah. you know i mean i think that that's that's, that's really what's happening
you know, ticket prices for shows on the whole, on average, are the same as they were 20 years ago. And I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. They're, they're virtually for, mm-hmm. for many shows. The number of the number of people going to gigs uh, uh, is is uh, probably less overall. It's certainly mm-hmm. not something that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, improved. Uh, we have turned even our lovely small music, personal music words, worlds into ones that are very marketing and business based. I'm not blaming that for anybody, yeah. but then we do try to try and sell really easily sellable things to people rather than creating platforms for all different kinds of music, which doesn't yeah. work. And the biggest one of all is the the invention and use of Spotify has halved the income for musicians such as ourselves. That... And I don't mean the income on sales. It's yeah. obliterated sales. I mean yeah. income overall. So in the early days of UFQ, we might do a gig and I, I want to be I want people to know these things so I'm going to be entirely open and honest about the kind of money that, that you is involved because I don't think people really understand that. No. You know, so typically as a new band starting out, if we could do a gig and get enough people to a gig to uh, let's say get I don't know seven hundred pounds. Mm. Okay, so let's say there's seven hundred pounds. Okay, so it sounds like quite a lot of money in a certain in a certain way. Um, I think that's uh, you know that's fair enough. We could also sell five hundred pounds worth of CDs after the show. That could that that could really really happen. Now out of that, you're paying a sound engineer, you know, hundred and fifty quid. You've got your PA hire, depending on what it if the venue have it or not, but could be two hundred quid. You've got your obviously you know food and drink and things from being away from home. You've got your accommodation for for there's four of us, so five people. So that's another couple of hundred quid. You've got if you get down to it being about a hundred quid each after absolutely everything. Um, and that, don't forget that that also covers anything you need, anything you need, strings, you know, rosin plectrums. Well, how long does a set of guitar strings left last for us two gigs? Yeah. I mean, you can't, otherwise they just they just break, and I think that's kind of gets a bit unprofessional. Um, then, of course, you know, I mean, we mentioned all the kind of travel and things, but then you had to actually write all of that material that you played or learn it and rehearse it. Which do can you rehearse in the time of a gig? No, it takes days and weeks to write things. And then, of course, if you are making money from the albums, which was included in that, you have to actually make those um, and write those things. So you you're essentially working for nothing now. Uh, now we fortunately have built up an audience and we have bigger audience, but has ticket money gone up? No. Uh, has CD sales gone down? Yes, because you can stream everything for, uh, you know, for free. So, and again, just not to be boring, but from Spotify, if people tell you that Spotify pay artists for music, they do not, they, they, they do not. You can forget about. You can get down to naught point naught 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 three pence. Listen, if you like, as far as I'm concerned, it's zero, because yeah. the amount of time, the amount of time you'd actually have to, you'd spend uploading things and getting the music out there doesn't cover it, and it doesn't. The fact that it's theoretically possible to make money if you have thirty, forty, fifty thousand plays of a of a song is really is really irrelevant. That's that's just like kind of saying that you you yeah. in your job if you you know if you could do uh, you know ten weeks work in each one of your one weeks work then you'd earn yeah. loads more money too. But I mean yeah. that, that's irrelevant. It's just not yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's absolutely it's criminal. 
well, you know, yeah. what what the guy who runs Spotify is worth about five billion dollars, yeah. um, and he does not pay artists. So, yeah. um, so again, and then you get that thing where people say, well, just don't put just don't put your music on Spotify. But how do you, how do people access music now? All you do by doing that is you just people don't access your music. Yes. Uninventing Spotify and getting it taken down is like uninventing a bomb or something. I mean, it'd be great if there were no bombs in the world, but the point, but the, but I mean, how are you going to do that? You're not going to get rid of Spotify. I mean, it just be, you know, that it's absolutely impossible. So you then have to kind of play the game, basically, of of trying to deal with it and trying to get audiences yeah. uh, there and, and to access. Re-educate people in the yeah, and and what is this thing about having to listen to something before you know, or listen to a band before you you know when. When I was growing up, you were out to see bands you'd never heard of because that was quite exciting. You might discover people you didn't know about, you know, and, and certainly um, a lot of, you know, uh, what we've had one way or another here has come through. You know, there's always an element of risk, you know, um, taken. And uh, I, I, I don't get this not, you know, just, you know, going out and trying you know, in live performance as an audience to see someone you've not heard of or you haven't seen, but you know. Unfortunately, unfortunately not- though, in order to in order to see a completely unknown band play music that you've never heard mm. before, um, if you're going to enjoy that and enjoy discovering them and mm. enjoy the music, there's two things that you need. Number one, some sense of how you listen to music or musical taste mm-hmm. so that it affects you. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. what you're enjoying is the actual music and mm-hmm. that performance mm-hmm. affecting you and giving you something and exciting mm-hmm. you. But for a lot of people, um, they don't know how to listen to music. The music just passes them by. Yeah. And I'm not, but I, I know that's not the case for everybody. And I know that's going to sound really harsh to some mm-hmm. people. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think that is true. Mm-hmm. You can tell sitting, you know, I, I once said, if I start my own music school, mm-hmm. the audition will be, I'm going to mm-hmm. sit and play you a load of music and just watch yeah. you. Because yeah. I can tell whether you actually know, can listen to music and it goes into you and it has an yeah. effect on you or not, yeah. and that's the one major thing that, I'm, that I would be looking for. Yeah. Um, so you need that. You need some kind of say, and you need this kind of a wide range of music. If you just ca- you've mm-hmm. got the one band that you like that you listen to your entire life, then obviously mm-hmm. you just want something to sound like that, or you're just mm-hmm. comparing it to that mm-hmm. rather than hearing lots mm-hmm. of different things. So uh, people don't do that, and if they do go and see a band they haven't seen before, or whatever, mm-hmm. quite often they're not going to enjoy it or get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what a lot of people are doing is they're excited by going to see a band, mm-hmm. but they're just as excited just as they walk out onto stage because they love seeing a famous person yeah, get up yeah. and do something. And the fact that we all know this fam- and that's the person that did that yeah. hit. And yeah. they're just they're, they're equally excited at the start and at the end. Nothing actually happens yeah. in the show. They're not actually yeah. giving you something extra yeah. musical kind of things. And I've seen lots of shows. I'll give an example, not that I won't get into trouble for. That's yeah. not not from the sort of folk scene. Yeah, sure. so, but yeah. for example, we went to see uh, we went to see Craig David because Kwame Yeboah, mm-hmm. who was in E two K and Ed, uh, was he mm-hmm. in Edward said no E two K thing. Yeah. He was he invited us along because he played mm-hmm. probably still you know playing his band. Mm-hmm. He said come and play and it'll be a good band and everything. Mm-hmm. So we went along. And the audience just went absolutely ballistic when they walked mm-hmm. on. And as mm-hmm. the concert went on, it just the energy mm-hmm. sort of dissipated a bit. Mm-hmm. Craig David went off for one. The band did a really mm-hmm. ripping thing, and that got everyone going again. And then mm-hmm. he came back on again. And uh, I'm a fan. I think he's a great singer. I've got nothing yeah. against Craig David. But that's not a show. That's no. people being impressed to see somebody famous. Yes. And still yeah. kind of being impressed about it at the end yeah. and going great. And then being able to talk about the fact they saw Craig yeah. David. I mean, yeah. uh, So know, there's been I, a cultural change in that you know, through all these different 
ways of how music is perceived and performance is perceived now. So we have to change that culture. Because when you said about getting back to normal, um, you know, next year, we yeah. we want the change. We want those changes in place by then. Don't we? We, I, we don't want to go back to normal in that sense. We want to make those... Um, or think, at least get those changes put. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting in. to see what people. I, I'm really interested to see how many artists, people were were sort of touring, playing, making their living primarily mm. from being out there mm. and playing. Mm. I'm just. I, I'll be really interested to see what percentage of those go back to doing that, mm. because mm -hmm. it's a habit. Um, and I wasn't kidding when I said you know that there are there are there are great sort of. Um, mm positives to the current situation as well as as well as negatives mm -hmm. um, because it's a horrendous job i mean mm -hmm. it's a it's a beautiful and wonderful and great job but it's also mm -hmm. horrendous mm -hmm. do you know what i mean mm -hmm. i can't mm -hmm. you know it's it's we we uh you know if you if you ever sort of you know drive four or five hours to Malden mm -hmm. uh, from here, getting stuck mm -hmm. in the uh, the in the storms because actually the storms and the, a, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, just, most people yeah. have been most people most people that have finished them off anyway. I'm not. I know. I know people have hard jobs and things, and I'm not. You know, mm -hmm. and music is not like you know going to play a gig is not like being a paramedic or a, a, you know or, or whatever. But I'm. But I. I mean, I totally understand that lots of people have hard jobs. It's just that nobody presumes that they're easy. Yeah. And I think there's a kind of a presumption, yeah. you know, and they also yeah. getting paid a fee. So a paramedic yeah. should be, I don't know how much they get paid, but they probably don't get paid enough, but they do yeah. get paid a living wage. Yes. Um, and, I, and, yes. and, you know, I, 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 all I'm yes. saying is that they, they, are, they, they are, you know, there should be, I don't think I should be paid as much money as a paramedic, but, uh, no. but I do think that I should be paid to actually be able to function and do my job absolutely you know, because people get some that, that's all joe we need musicians <laughs> like you how you've spoken and all that you are comes through your work and through the music i mean and that's why you know whether you're here with a band or with the duo with kev and and just on that note i have to say that that was the only gig we were we managed to do this year, Dempsey Broughton, which thank God we happened in February, despite the storms yeah. for the last two years. Do you think there's a case, do you think there's perhaps listen. a case? Yeah, do you think there's a there's, there's a case for? Well, um, I think this is the way I wish it would go. Yeah. Is that after people with? Um, you know, it costs the NHS so much money to deal with people that are, for example, smokers, that they invest lots of money to stop people from smoking because in economically it's much better for them to do it that way round because it costs so much so they have money there what what i what i'm saying is that with um uh you know mental health services and issues is that you know it, rather than ending up with lots of problems to deal yeah. with could we not perhaps have a better funded more yeah. focused more educated and intelligent yeah. perception of why people are ending up with, I say mental health yeah. problems, but I mean unhappiness. Um, and, and again, I understand there's a distinction between um, between you know chemical things and and mm. real depression and just feeling mm. a bit sad on a day. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're the same things, no. but there are all sorts of long term problems that are created by people feeling disillusioned, unmotivated, worthless. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, having nothing mm-hmm. to look forward to, nothing to share mm-hmm. with people, not being able to communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things are major things that are dealt with. And yes. sh- so yes. could we not perhaps and see yes. them as being different yes. sides of the same coin well, in the absolutely. same way that happens in the NHS with various absolutely. health problems? Absolutely. I think that certainly needs to be um, challenged, you know, in that way. Um Absolutely, and I, you know, it's it's not rocket science, as we've said, you know, earlier. No, it's to, not. It's to, not to rocket see science. Where it all all connects up, um, and yeah, let's it's hope. Not, but then, listen, it's 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 not rocket science. But also, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to be happy and well balanced in your life. And that's the point. And that's my point about the education systems. We the ultimate goal of all of our education systems is to send people to um, university to learn to do academic things to be able to self-perpetuate that and be teachers and university lecturers and there is absolutely so many more things in the arts and other things that we could be doing i'm a big fan of of, of universities um and you know and i teach at several of them and have done lots of that over the years i've taught at the conservatoire for 23 years now and i see how people creatively develop and what they do and what i can do with all the people in my big folk ensemble um things so and I, so i've seen that and i want people to be able to get together like-minded people who have a like-minded subject to excel in it and to work on it it's very valuable it's really it's, it's really fantastic thing um you know to uh you know to do but in our in our education leading up to that is that the ultimate and only goal to get people to be going and doing something academic at a high level in education no i mean i we we want people to be to be happy and to find the thing that they're good at and if you are it's not a choice it's not necessarily um a, a choice if you are a phenomenal um let's say you're a phenomenal painter you can sit in as many um you know lectures uh, sorry lessons learning about pythagoras as you like you're still going to be a painter at the end of it you've just wasted all that time that you could have been getting really good at painting um and made something of it do you know what i mean i'm not I, I, and i'm not against the broad education and having a bit of things and i did those things i'm just saying it is not it's completely yeah. out of balance you know yeah, what i mean exactly Let, let's let's give um uh, you know people that opportunity i mean all people but um children particularly because that's that's where it starts the changes that there have been prior to now the lockdown situation we're in um has had a direct effect within the society that we're mm. in um, impacting on people's uh, health in that way. And yep. um, that's, you know, and, and a lot of issues, yeah, could be resolved by um, encouraging and supporting subjects that can show, you know, improvements in that way, but in a more, as you said, more joyous way, you know, because let's not... You know, it is it is art that gives you the joy in life. It's a celebration of of every aspect of life. So let's. It's, it's also it's also how we understand the human existence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We, we we don't yeah. we we it's it's yeah. a very complicated and yeah. um, do you know what I mean? It's it's the you know there are people who are just sort of waiting around for the sweet release of death mm-hmm. because there's nothing much happening in there. And I and I think I that's absolutely no, I know. you know that that is that's a crazy way to live, and it's something like 
if you want to be truly happy and fulfilled, and I don't mean that in a light, superficial way, I mean actually feel some worth and have things to look forward to and feel creative and etc. etc. If you want to have though, if if that brings you real happiness, um, but just to make it your goal to just be happy is not uh, is not one that you seem to be allowed to have. You have to succeed academically and make money. Um, and I just wonder about how much those things are actually ultimately going to make you happy or employable, to be perfectly honest, in the, you know, in, yeah. this, in, the, in this day yeah. and age. I mean, pers- personally, I think it's wrong. That's wrong prior- priorities. If you find your passion, what it is you enjoy, what you love, what you're good at, then I think those things can fall, fall into place, you know. Um, but if you don't get the opportunity to do that, that's... That's the difficulty, and if if you and it's you don't do it on your own, you need support and and encouragement in different ways. Yeah, but fortunately, there is something that everybody can do, though, because you can have a look at the gigs that you want to do. If you're yeah, a performer, yeah. make sure that your audience is actually entertained and has a great time and wants to go to another live mm-hmm. show. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, quite frankly, a lot of boring, a lot of a lot of uh, gigs are really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know I have a short attention span, but I mean, I think, but I really think that uh, that we as performers all need to absolutely do our best and make sure mm-hmm. that people are having a good time. They're not just there to admire you and your skills. They need to have a good yeah. time. So make sure that it's entertaining enough. That's why well, I think compl- being really hard on everyone today aren't I but um, but I think they should and that you and the other people should go to gigs and enjoy them buy some buy buy some music if you're listening to Spotify you know fine but don't do it (laughs) but don't if you're going to do it it's fine but don't do it and tell yourself that you've paid for that music from those musicians because you haven't you've paid Spotify to exist you have not paid the musicians anything for the music that you're listening to as long as you can live with that and you're okay with that then that's fine but don't do it under this myth that's the that is the evil of Spotify is they've convinced people that the artists do get paid Mm -hmm. they do not they mm-hmm. do not. The amounts of money that they're getting paid for the whatever is, you know, is ri- is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to get. Basically, have to have something listened to something like a hundred thousand times to 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 get the equivalent of mm-hmm. somebody having mm-hmm. bought a song. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's 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 in, it's an, it's absolutely mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. But that that's not what you know. I mean, we know from experience that you know um, a few people come and you know see a performance. With yourself, um, be it with UFQ or Kev or or in any sort of incantation, then um, incarnation. I mean, and uh, they then they you know they come again. They bring someone else along. They um, it it start, it sows a seed that keeps um, blossoming. You know, and that's what's important. And and that will continue whatever it has to but only because people like you and the band that have that kind of passion and love about what they do and um you know i think your message today has certainly been loud and clear and it has to me and i think it will when you know we're able to share this with others and that's you know we've just got to keep expressing that in whatever medium we have um, yeah, you know absolutely absolutely but, and i am really and i am genuine i'm really looking forward to getting out and playing for for uh you know yeah. for people and i and i think that is good and i do like to do a show in that kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think people have, should have a kind of a little bit of a little bit of think about what the uh you know what are the priorities you know 
yes. the general message, the general, I just say, my last thing, but my yes. general message is if somewhere in you, what you secretly believe or openly believe is that art, all art subjects are something that are a bit fun on the side and that serious things, serious, important things are math sciences, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would like you to just question that. I'd like you to question it. I'm not in any way doing down maths and science, whatever, phenomenally important things. But is that really what it is to be a human being? Is that really, you know, I mean, it does that really reflect, um, you know, what brings you happiness, how you communicate with people, what, what, all of those things? Is it, is that, is that really it? Should we, just, should we, shall we, um, you know, it's not about kind of swapping one thing in or another or making one thing more important than another or, you know, or, or any of those things, you know, but uh, I, I, I know for a fact in my job, my job is incredibly serious and technical and takes immense discipline um, and thought. The fact that when you see me on stage, it looks like I'm basically messing about and having a laugh is that's because I'm trying to get you to enjoy yourself and you should have a think about perhaps whether I've had a good day that day or am i really good at my job um do you know what i mean because i may well not have had a great day day but i might be really good at my job and that might be on top of i might be giving out an awful lot of an awful lot to you to make the to that to help you know um help you kind of uh, have a good time and to feel a bit happier a bit more you know fulfilled in those things and i think that's gr just grossly grossly um you know important and maybe maybe next time you put on the news and you hear about all the new rise in um you know um, kind of suicidal teenagers and etc etc let's how what what do you want to have a little bit of a think about what have they got in their lives and what have they got to look forward to you know because it isn't it isn't putting on radio one or whatever and listening to some drivel uh you know that it, that is um sort of um you know is something you can only relate to on the fact that it has some sex symbols on the video and whatever that is not it if you don't you know compare that to people being given instruments and music and the enjoyment of it um and where where those people end up when they're you know when they're kind of teenagers and how they feel um i think just have a look at that make the make the connections can we all make the connect connections and i've and i've done so i've got to stop going on this but I, but but genuinely i've seen it first i've done projects i wrote a piece of music for 850 children from bradford that was in that was uh, performed at the, the at the albert hall and the journeys that i went on with some of them who had really very difficult situations and difficult lives being open and emotional writing their own lyrics to the song about their life and their situation and about the um you know racial tensions and all kinds of things um, and actually getting them to open up and going through that experience and seeing their faces when they got to be on stage um and play the apple on that whole experience i mean i've seen these things you know really work and really change people's lives and i wish that everyone could see that and and value it and just stop treating things like music like it's some kind of light fun thing on the side as a hobby it is not being a creative communicative uh, person is what human beings are it's your absolute core of your human existence and as i said there wouldn't even be any humans if you didn't have music and the power of music thank you joe broughton very much for all you've said no today <laughs> i'm not 
going to even comment on that because I think it's very clear, you know, what, what you've said. And um, it's been an absolute delight and education um, and hugely informative, everything that you yeah, said. On my, level, uh, on, my, on my level, I just still want to try and work, learn how to play the violin in tune. Do you know what I mean? Dust <laughs> my head in. That's what I really want to do. Okay, great. Thanks very right. much, Nikki. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. Great to see you and hear you and hope to see you soon. A great conversation with Joe Broughton with music at the heart and its purpose and place in our lives, society and our attitudes towards its value. Dispelling myths and tackling challenges with skill and an openness and honesty, raising more questions than I dared ask and attempting to understand those basic questions of humanity through the wonderful tunes interlacing the piece. Big thanks to Joe Broughton for joining us in the rocking chair and long may the music continue to ignite his indomitable spirit. Thanks also to Rhys Timpson for recording, engineering, instigating and producing the project and generally pulling the whole thing together as well as composing and playing the musical links. I'm Nikki from Mac Theatre. You can find details on how to keep in touch with us, Joe Broughton and UFQ and Reese Timpson in the links below. If you'd like early reminders to hear about new episodes and who's in the rocking chair next, join our email list, follow us on social media or subscribe to our podcast by pressing the follow button on whichever platform you're listening on. This way you'll be notified whenever a podcast is uploaded and we have several more on the way. Thank you so much for listening and hope to see you again soon.